Welcome to the only experience that will help you answer the question, why aren't you rich yet? This is Audio Empowerment, guiding you to live your desired life with Stephen Corner. This is a general advice warning. The information given on this podcast is general advice only. Any general advice on this podcast has been prepared without taking into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Before you act on any general advice on this podcast, you should consider whether it is appropriate for your individual circumstances and seek advice from a licensed financial advisor. I am going to teach you the secrets to 10x your savings. Now, there's two ways that we can increase our savings. One, earn more. And two, spend less. Yes, it is a simple concept that you would have already known. But how many of you are already doing this? You know that this is the case. So why aren't you doing this already? We have to look at our expenses first. Expenses fall into three categories. I know that generally my clients and society as a whole will spend most of their income in three areas. 30% of their income will go to lifestyle spending. 30% of their income will go to rent or mortgage repayments. And 30% of their income will go to tax. And I know I just surprised you then because you've never thought about that before. Let's look at how we can find the optimum amount of spending that's going to allow you to live the life that you want. Let's discuss the rent slash mortgage expense category first. In reference to rent, we can downsize our house or apartment and spend less money on rent. Mortgage though, if you're a homeowner, you should be reviewing your interest rates every year at least. Call your mortgage broker, call your bank and say, what can we do? For example, if you have a $500,000 mortgage, which is below average, a very, very, very below average, and you're paying 4.5% at the moment, that's too high. But let's say that you can get an interest rate at another bank for 4%. Now that's a 0.5% saving, so that's a half a percent on a $500,000 mortgage is a saving of two and a half grand a year. Just by making the small move or asking the question to the bank, you have just saved yourself two and a half thousand dollars. Easy, simple. Now let's discuss our tax expense. I'm not talking about maximizing your deductions and claiming things that you shouldn't because that's wrong. When we create wealth strategies, we have to do them the right way. Otherwise, it will fall over. You can maximize your deductions and claim everything under the sun. The tax office will find you eventually, and you have to repay that money. When I talk about tax, I talk about having investments that we structure correctly in order to maximize our tax deductions so that that 30% turns to 28% or 25%. We've just saved 5% of your income by just investing the right way. Now, in one minute, I've just shown you how to save $2,500 in your mortgage and potentially that same amount by structuring investments to be more tax effective. How easy is that? Let's jump back to the lifestyle category. I talk about this last because people are always very touchy to talk about cutting down their lifestyle. You shouldn't have to do that either. If it's not what makes you happy, if it's not what your purpose is, if you enjoy going on holidays and you enjoy eating out, continue doing that. But you have to understand that there's a trade-off with that for life. Now, yes, I just saved you in your mortgage. And yes, we just saved in tax. 
but can you cut down on your spending just a little bit? Do you have to buy the new Louis Vuitton bag? Do you have to go out and eat four nights a week? Maybe you only have to go out and eat three nights a week. Do you have to go out drinking four nights a week? Maybe can you can only drink twice a week. How much money would you save then? Let's say over the entire year, you go out to dinner once less a week and that dinner costs you $100. That's $5,000 saving. So we've got $5,000 saving on not going out for dinner, one extra night a week. We've got another $2,500 saving in mortgage and another, say, $2,000 saving in tax. So we have just saved approximately $10,000 extra than you were. Simple steps, simple techniques create a lot of momentum. Now we've got an extra $10,000 a year to invest, to maybe go on a holiday, increase the quality of your life, or invest back into yourself. Is there a course that you always wanted to do, but you couldn't because you never had the money? You always say, I can't afford it. Instead of saying, you can't afford it, ask yourself, what do I need to do to afford it? Because I just simply showed you how to save $10,000. I literally increased your savings capacity by 10,000 times. In one simple lesson, imagine what you can do if you're actually aware of these areas of your life. Now we have some easy wins. We've got an extra $10,000. Now what do we do? Do we just say that's enough? Maybe. Or do we look at ways to increase this even further, to make our life better, to get to our desired life? Cash is king. Everyone's heard of that saying before? Now we shouldn't leave all of our money in cash. But cash is king because it buys us freedom. Right now, if you were to quit your job, how long would you be able to survive for? How long would you not have to work for before you were forced to go back to work or find another job? Now, I know the Australian Bureau of Statistics says that 30% of Australians are living month to month. That means that they are spending all their money each month. They have no savings which means they can't buy themselves anytime. What this means is, if someone hates their job, they feel like they can't leave because they have lifestyle expenses and their mortgage they have to repay. Maybe they have school fees as well. Now, they've got no cash buffer or cash savings, which means that they can't leave their job and find a new job that's more fulfilling because they have to work. What that does is that will translate into your personal life. And when that does, it will have mass negative effects on your family and on your own health and well-being. Let's run with an example. I have $30,000 in my bank. I know that my expenses every three months is $30,000. That means that if I really didn't like my job, I could have three months off work and look for a job that I really wanted. I look for a job that made me really happy, that fulfilled me, that was in line with my purpose, not someone else's purpose. It allowed me to potentially go out and start my own business and live the life that I want to live, not the life I've always been told I had to live. By having this money here, it's a sense of freedom, and I call it the freedom account. People will refer to it as a cash buffer or emergency funds in case something happens to you, but this is a freedom account because it buys us time. It buys us freedom. We're not locked in, but with this account, we don't invest it. We leave this cash in a savings account or potentially in our offset account to maximize our returns, but we never invest it because if we do, we don't have that freedom. It's gone. You're stuck. You can't take a month off work. You can't go on a holiday. Most people don't have this account 
And that's why they walk around sad, mopey with their fucking life. Oh, you don't understand, Stephen. I've got all these commitments. That's fine, but that's your choice. You made that choice. You're just making excuses as to why you can't get out of the hole you're in. I just showed you how to save $10,000. I'm doing nothing. Don't tell me none of that applies to you. Now we understand our expenses and we understand the importance of having cash, a cash buffer. How do we structure our accounts and automate our savings to 10x our life, to 10x our savings, to 10x our happiness? This is how we do it. We set up three accounts. One, for spending. Two, for our savings. And three, for our freedom account. Now, I want you to calculate what the balance of your freedom account needs to be. That freedom account is an account we do not touch only in emergencies. And an emergency isn't buying a new handbag. It means your life is falling apart. And if you don't use that money, your happiness, your well-being is dramatically going to decrease to the point of need death, to the point of being homeless, to the point of being so unfulfilled that you don't enjoy waking up every day anymore. To work out this number, we need to have at least enough cash for three months worth of expenses. Now, this is different between each person. Some people want three months worth, which I would say minimum is, or they want four or five. Some people have a year's worth of cash just in case they want to quit their job and actually try and find themselves. You don't want to be doing things because you have to. You want to be doing things because you want to. You don't have to do anything. You just tell yourself that. It's not real. Nothing in this world is reality. Reality is how we perceive it. Now we've got a spending account, a savings account, cash buffer. I would recommend when you get paid, that pay gets deposited into our account too, our savings account. What that means is it's already in savings. You see that and you're happy. You see that your hard work is going somewhere. You are increasing your savings, which is going to help you get to your end goal. If you don't have any money in the freedom account, you start building that account. Now that's going to depend on how much money you earn, how much money you spend, how much money you save. But I'll put it this way. You need to budget. Create a budget and work out how much you spend a week. And then look at what you're spending your money on and say, well, is that necessary? So money gets deposited into savings account. Then we have an automatic transfer that will move the spending money that we need into spending. What that does is it limits us each week to spend a certain amount. We can't pull our money out of our savings. Once we've spent that money, that's it. Based on how much savings we have, move 50% of the leftover savings to the cash buffer and continue doing this until we get to a point we are comfortable with our freedom account. We leave that. We just keep putting our money into savings. Each week, you will see that money rise rise and rise you will gain a sense of accomplishment if you structure this the right way and reward yourself if you can see your savings increase and that makes you happy which it will your brain will get addicted to this which means you have been rewired and when you're saving your endorphins and your serotonin levels are going to be increasing which means that each week you're going to be chasing that high like a drug addict chases heroin You'll keep going, you'll keep going, you'll keep going, you'll keep going. Before you know it, that $10,000 I just showed you how to save is going to turn into $20,000, $30,000. What's important is that every month you review where your spending is going. 
every month. And then try to either decrease your spending somewhere or increase your savings by at least 5%. What that does is going to put pressure on you to keep pushing the envelope. We need to find a balance between comfort and discomfort because if we're saving X amount a week and we're comfortable with that, we're not really struggling week to week in terms of spending, you're not going to get to where you want to be and you're not going to have that endorphin, that serotonin kick in that's going to make you addicted to the process. But then again, if you're in too much discomfort, what that is going to do is cause you to stop saving, relapse, and you just spend all of your money again. That's why we have to find the balance between comfort and discomfort. We can't be too comfortable, but we can't experience too much discomfort. When we meet in the middle, that's where true long-term change occurs. To truly be motivated to save this money, we have to have a goal. What's the point of saving? We just don't save for the heck of it, for fun. Think about what that thing is. Is it a home? Is it an investment property? Is it a Lamborghini? Is it for your kid's school fees? Is it just for your own security? Is it for you to start a business? Is it for you to be in control of your life and invest? Whatever that may be, you have to understand what it is. Because if there's no purpose, if there's no emotion, if there's no goal attached to this saving, it's not going to work. If you want that thing bad enough, you will stop at nothing to get it. Think about a time in your life where you really wanted something. You couldn't think of anything other than having it. And guess what? I bet you have it now, don't you? But all the other areas of your life, you say, Oh, I wish I had that, but you don't understand, Stephen. I can't have it because I'm not as brave as this person. I'm not as smart as this person. I'm not as wealthy as this person. That's why you don't have that thing. Because you don't believe you deserve it. You don't believe you can get it. But I'm here to tell you that you can. We spoke about the three areas of expenses, lifestyle, rent and mortgage, and tax, that we could minimize to increase our savings. But there is another strategy, increasing our income. This is simple. Very, very simple. Now, there's two scenarios I'm going to run through. You're either entrepreneurial and you want to create a business or a product, or you're an employee who is happy with working for someone. Now, most of the time, employees will say, well, I can't earn any more money because this is how much I get paid in this role. That is average. Then ask them the question, are you average? 90% of people will say, no, I'm not average because we all think we're better than we are. Then I ask, what makes you better than the person next to you? And they won't know the answer. This is when we begin to look at where we are providing value to our employer. Am I just doing my job? Or are there things that I could suggest the business does differently or my team does differently in order to increase profitability, in order to increase efficiency in the business? Because if there is, owners will see that. They will respect that. You will turn from someone who is expendable to someone who is providing value. With value comes more money. Crazy, isn't it? But that's how it works. If you can walk into work moping every day that you're getting paid $50,000, you'll most likely always get paid $50,000. But if you do something differently, you try to help add more value to that business, to your colleagues, money will follow. It always follows. 
I've done that personally my entire life. My clients, my students do that as well. That's why on average, your income increases by 10% every year. We need to find the areas in which we can maximize value. But if you're happy with your job and you're happy with what you're earning, don't worry about it. But if you want more, you can always get more. Just because the industry standard for your income is only X amount doesn't mean you can't earn more than that. It just means everyone else can't because they're not you. They don't have the tools, they don't have the mastery to do this, but you now do. The other area is the entrepreneur. And when I refer to the term entrepreneur, I don't mean some high-flying millionaire. I mean someone who wants to add value to the masses, someone who wants to bring a product to the community, to the marketplace. Let me come up with an example. Let's just say you're a personal trainer and your core role is to help people exercise so they become fit and healthy. Now, that's all well and good. But if you want to increase your income, how do we add more value to their lives? Well, we create a product, we create an ebook, we create a podcast, we create some videos, we give free tips. People will get to know you, people will start to value your advice. And then they'll bring in an influx of more clients because you're giving value for free. Once someone receives enough value in any area, they will then become a paying client eventually. And now you've got passive income because you're starting to charge for your products, starting to have ads on your podcast, as well as your core income of your job. You may be a PT and work for someone. You may be a baker. You may be a school teacher. You could be anything, but these principles apply to everyone. It's just not the business owners. People always say, oh, I don't own a business, so I can't do X, Y, Z. You can do it. Anyone can do it. Anyone can buy a microphone and speak like this. Anyone can buy a camera and record. You just have to work out if you want to increase your income enough. And if you don't, great. Be happy with what you're doing. Don't complain because it's your fault. Everything is always your fault. No one else's.